from Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actor Vic Mignogna. And your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis We're here. Children of all ages, brothers and sisters, you have followed the vultures to Blog Talk Radio's hottest talk show program, The Dennis Daniel Show. Had to get a little creepy there with the whole Wyatt family intro, but that's just how we roll. I am your host, the DJ Alchemist, and Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Dennis Daniel. And, folks, I'm excited because we continue the Wait For It Summer of Bigger Biggerness 3. Three. And the road to the 20th anniversary of Otakon with another wonderful installment of the Dennis Daniel Show. And, folks, we gotta, I gotta say, this is going to be an awesome interview because tonight on the Dennis Daniels Show, returning for the first time in three years, voice actor and composer Vic Mignogna. That's right. If you have heard the Dennis Daniels Show and you've been listening to us for a while now, you'll know that in 2010, one of our very first guests on the program was Vic Mignogna, uh, who many know best as the voice of the... Uh, Vertically challenged but highly intellectual Edward Elric from the hit Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, you also know him as Prince Baca from Level E, a show so weird that they skipped the first four letters of the alphabet when naming it. Uh, you also know him as Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan from the hit Dragon Ball Z movie trilogy that featured around the legendary Super Saiyan. Uh, of course, I always wondered, who would win in a fight, Broly or Brock Lesnar? Because both of them are, are giant people, and, and when you see them, you go, please don't kill me. I, I think, yeah, it'd be really weird to see that. But um, for those who, have been, who haven't listened to us for a while, um, we actually have a small clip from our interview with Vic all the way back in May of 2010. So let's take a quick listen. This is Vic talking about appearing on Star Search. Now, I know from Wikipedia that you competed on Star Search in 1993. What was that like? <laughs> yes, long before there was a, an American Idol, there was an Ed McMahon Star Search. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But, uh, yes, and uh, I actually have the videotape of that performance, which no one will ever see. Oh, come oh on, God, Dick. Don't be. Oh, you will not find it, my dear Rachel. Wasn't it, wasn't it worth waiting for? Come on. You're right, it was. It was a song that I wrote called Worth Waiting For off off one of my CDs, and um, it was really funny. Star Search came to Houston, and they held auditions, and I went and auditioned, and they called me, and they're like, hey, you know, we congratulations, we've chosen you to be a male vocalist challenger on Star Search. And actually, that was the first time I ever went to Los Angeles and uh, flew out to Los Angeles and competed on Star Search, and I lost to the current vocal champion, but it was, a, it was an awful fun experience. So back then, he said that that would never see the light of day. Fast forward three years, and uh, I, I'm looking at this, at this DVD he's got, Vic Mignogna in Concert, 
because who wouldn't want to see Vic Mignogna in concert? And I see down here, including Vic's appearance on Star Search in 1993. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, I think Vic's got some splaining to do about that. He said it would never air on my show, and now it's airing. What, what, what is the world coming to when you can't trust a Mignogna? I have, I, have, I have no idea. But anyway, uh, for those who may not know, he's also got a, some incredible roles, and we're going to take a few minutes to check out an awesome demo reel of some of his best-known characters. So let's take a quick listen at what makes Vic Mignogna so cool. Water, 35 liters. Carbon, 20 kilograms. Ammonia, 4 liters. Lime, 1.5 kilograms. Phosphorus, 800 grams. Salt, 250 grams. Saltpeter, 100 grams. Sulfur, 80 grams. Fluorine, 7.5. Iron, 5. Silicon, 3 grams. And trace amounts of 15 other elements. What's that? It's all the ingredients of the average adult human body, down to the last specks of protein in your eyelashes. And even though science has given us the entire physical breakdown, there's never been a successful attempt at bringing a human to life. There's still something missing. Something scientists haven't been able to find in centuries of research. So what makes you think that hat job priest with his parlor tricks is going to be able to? <gasps> Bloomer's adorable! My mucka wore those when she was little. So sweet little baby bloomers. Now if we could return to the topic we were discussing. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. What do you think bloomers would look like on a grown woman? It's been done. Centuries ago, they used to wear them all the time. But if they did it now, wouldn't it be a bit creepy? A philosophical discussion on women's underwear. What's their problem? Can't you even take a little joke? And it was expertly executed, too. Repetition is the foundation of humor. Three times as fast. Absolutely, I agree. However, since we were interrupted, we'll have to start from the beginning now. Hey, where do you think you're going? You're welcome. You're a hero to other poor people, Fujioka. You've shown the world that even a poor person can excel at an elite private academy. It must be hard for you to constantly be looked down upon by others. Spurned, neglected, but that doesn't matter now. Long live the poor. We welcome you, poor man, to our world of beauty. And folks, that is just a tip of the Minyana iceberg. I mean, he's done so many, so many great roles. Uh, where I'm just, I'm just going to go through a couple uh, uh, right now. He was a uh, Berter in the uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai remake. Um, he was uh, Nagato in Naruto Shippuden. Uh, he was uh, Kinsei Ma from Kenichi, the Mightiest Disciple. Uh, Fa D. Flowright from Subasa, Tokyo Revelations. Uh, Dark X Mousy from uh, oh God, what was what was that show? A uh, DNA Angel, that's right. We, we talked a lot about that in 2010. Uh, he was also um, ooh boo boo boo. <laughs> you know, it's been so wild since we just since I've just I've gone through all this stuff. It's just so amazing. I still remember half of it. Uh, he was a uh, Tenkai and Singoku Basara. He was uh, Ikaku Madarame Volleyball from the Bleach series. Uh, and of course, he was. Um, He's one of those uh, Ora in high school kids, uh, Tamaki. One of those, one of those kids. I tell you, those, those kids are weird, and we talked a ton about this last week. Yeah, you know, we just it was just it got so weird. I, I've never seen this show in my life, and probably because I'm a dude. But uh, anyway, let's get right down to this. I'm excited. It's time. Okay, attention, Rizumble Rangers. Please stand and hear your fearless leader, the guy who started it all. My guest tonight is a very accomplished voice actor who many know best as Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist, Broly the Legendary Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z, and he's got a, a new DVD out, Vic Mignogna in Concert. Truly an incredible DVD, and he's also starring as Lord Baca in Level E, which you can get from Funimation on Amazon. So ladies and gentlemen, give out for the one, the only, Mr. Vic Mignogna! Thank you, and welcome back to the Dennis Daniels Show. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be back, Dennis. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, oh, I, I, I need to be thanking you, Vic, because, you know, that interview in 2010 really, really got the Dennis Daniels Show off on its feet. It, it helped to, to propel us into, into even greater interviews with guys like Kyle Bear, Wendy Lee, the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. 
Oh, cool. Yes, yes. Without you, we probably wouldn't even be doing the show today. And wow. We, and we would have never gotten to interview greats like Tom Kenny, Billy West, or even John Cena. Wow. Well, I am honored to have helped start it off, my friend. Thank yes, you, you had so a, much. Yes, you, you had a little ripple effect. And my only regret is that uh, both John Pokemon and Rachel could not join me tonight. Oh, I'm so sad, too, especially I... Uh, Especially after I have to apologize to Rachel for uh, for saying that no one would ever see the the uh, Star Search video. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what's that all about? Now, now, now all of a sudden, you know, uh, 2010. Oh no, no one's going to see the live day of that. I, I tell you that, Rachel. And all of a sudden, boom! It's it's on this new DVD. Well, let, you know, let's be honest, Dennis. It's not all of a sudden. That was three years ago, and about I don't know four or five months ago. Uh, I decided I was going to do a, uh, I was going to release a live concert DVD of a concert that I did at Anime Matsuri last year. They had some really nice cameras and a great stage and light setup and fog machines and all kinds of cool stuff. And so I decided that I was going to going to do this concert and release it. And when I started thinking about what things I could put on the concert DVD as bonus features. It just seemed like an obvious choice that I should probably put the uh, Star Search video on there and face my fears and face my humiliation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I decided to do that. But that's just one of the cool Easter eggs that, that, that just make up this incredible DVD. I mean, I mean, I, from, from what I hear from these uh, Resin Bull kids, your, 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 your click, your, your horde, your brood, this is, this is possibly even greater than any Barry Manilow concert that you could <laughs> even find. Well, I don't know how excited your listeners would be to attend a Barry Manilow concert, but I, I will say that, that I'm very pleased with the way the concert turned out. There, were a, uh, there was a great turnout. There was a lot of excitement in the air. I think the, the music sounds good. That I mean, the audio sounds good. In fact, I just did a second pressing of the concert where I uh, I've included a Dolby 5.1 mix uh, as well. So um, I'm I'm really excited about the response and the way that that people have been enjoying it. And uh, you know another thing that's on the concert DVD that that uh, people have really been wanting me to release for a very very long time has been uh, Full Metal Fantasy, the uh, live action. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist parody that me and several other voice actors did years ago. Oh, could you tell us a little bit about the uh, Full Metal Fantasy? Well, in a nutshell, uh, shortly after we started recording the original, the original uh, Full Metal Alchemist series, I, I was really excited and uh, and very inspired by the show and how much I was enjoying working on it, and uh, and so I made up a little. Uh, a little story idea whereby a grown man like me would turn into a an anime character, specifically Edward Elric. And uh, the more I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, you never really see voice actors cosplaying as their characters. And so I asked a lot of the other Full Metal cast voice actors if they'd be interested in being a part of it. They said yes, and so we all got together one weekend in Houston, Texas, and shot Full Metal Fantasy. Um, I only showed it at conventions. I never I didn't put it online. I didn't sell it. I wasn't on YouTube. You couldn't find it anywhere but at conventions. And uh so it's kind of become um this weird little thing that, you know, would only pop up occasionally at at events that I was a guest at and so many people had asked me about wanting to see it and finally I decided that it was time to make it available. So it is also on the concert DVD. And uh, um, I think people would really enjoy it if they if they would be interested in seeing the voice actors cosplaying as their characters, then they'll really enjoy Full Metal Fantasy. So, so is Aaron doing Alphonse, or is it the new kid that's doing Alphonse? Oh no, there, no, no, no. Like I said, this was right after we started the original series. There was no Maxi Whitehead. There was no Brotherhood. Uh, this is Aaron Dismuke at 12 years old. <laughs> Um, doing the voice of Al. He, he's not in the giant suit of armor, is he? Because that would be kind of tough for a twelve-year-old to maneuver around. Well, so. I'll just I'll just say uh, you need to watch the uh, watch the the little short film to know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, Travis Willingham is Roy Mustang. That's kind of a scary thought. 
Well, you know what? Travis would make a perfect Roy Mustang, but unfortunately he was in Los Angeles at the time that we shot this in uh, Houston, Texas. So uh, regrettably, Travis is not in Full Metal Fantasy. Well, that's okay, because he probably would have wanted uh, many skirts and every character, so that's probably a blessing in disguise right there. Well, he wanted to be a part of it, and I really would have loved for him to be, but uh, it just wasn't logistically possible. Was was, was Wendy Powell Envy? Uh, no, and actually, when Envy had not yet been cast. That was actually how early we did this oh, in the series. Oh, okay, so we... We actually, we actually made Full Metal Fantasy before uh, Envy was even cast. Okay, so... Um, Okay, that, well, that makes sense. So, so it's essentially, you know, well, what we're talking, the first, what, 10, 15 episodes of, of the original Full Metal Alchemist that this kind of focuses around. So we'll we'll see we'll see you and, and Aaron and Colleen Clickenbeard and... Oh, uh, well, you'll see, let me tell you, you'll see, uh, you'll see Mike McFarland, you'll see Caitlin Glass, you'll see um, um, Monica Real, um... You'll see. Well, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but I let's just say that that it's a really, really fun piece of work, and I think people that that get the uh, DVD will really enjoy it. Well, they're going to have to order it from RisenBullRangers.com. It's twenty eight dollars, and of course, with the awesome concert, you get the original Vic Mignogna appearance on Star Search from almost twenty years ago. You also get Full Metal Fantasy, and you get the sweet audio chocolate that's Vic Mignogna. <laughs> Audio chocolate. Well, you know what? Another you you can also get it from me personally at conventions I attend. I'll have plenty of copies of the concert at Oticon in a couple of weeks, and uh, and all the conventions I attend, I'll have it. And that's even a better place to get it because then I can sign it for them. So you know, Vic, we might have to pick up a copy to get signed to give away to one of our fantastic listeners on the air. We're getting ready to celebrate five years on the air, so we got to start. Pushing the envelope even further, and uh, you know, get these get these awesome get these awesome prizes out there because we think our fans are worth it because they've helped make the show what it is and helped us get guys like you and Kyle Abair and uh, Christopher Sabat and Todd Haberdashery and again Fonzie, which is, which we never thought in a million million years would get. That's very cool. I know, but of course, um, of course, uh, for those who may not have heard our first interview back in 2010, uh, just a, a quick, uh, quick, um, a bit of a story of your backstory. What got you interested in acting? Well, I've always loved performing since I was very young. I mean, I've been, I've been acting since I was seven or eight years old. Whether it was in church programs or school plays or community theater or drama camps, I mean, you name it. I've always enjoyed singing and acting performance of all types and uh, had been doing it all my life and and when somebody encouraged me about uh, 12 or 13 years ago to audition for uh, a small anime dubbing company in Houston, Texas called ADV Films, I went and auditioned and I never imagined that my life would take the turn that it has because of that. And what a turn it has been. According to BehindTheVoiceActors.com, you have almost 200 credited roles so far in your, in, your, uh, in your very lengthy career, and some of them are just incredible, including this one that we've got to talk about because they can catch the show every Saturday on Toonami. Of course, one of your uh, best current known roles, of course, is uh, Spirit Death Scythe Albarn from the very popular... <laughs> I know no one gets that joke but me, but I love that joke. I get that joke, Dennis. Thank, thank, I get that joke. Thank you. I, I I don't have anyone to go. Thank you, Clarissa. <laughs> it's, it's a Don Cornelius joke, kids. It's a Soul Train joke. You gotta you gotta explain to these guys. They're gonna you're gonna lose them in, in translation. But anyway, Soul Eater, which airs Saturday nights at one thirty on Toonami on Cartoon Network. When when I first saw saw this this anime, Vic, I was like, what? And, and then you know I started getting into this. I'm like, not bad. And I think one character that really won me over was um, uh, Spirit Albarn, aka Death Scythe, which is which is quite a peculiar name to name yourself. Uh, don't know how that would look on a on a business on a library card, uh, Death Scythe. <laughs> so um, what's it like playing Death Scythe? And uh, what do you think of his character? Is this you know? Lecherous womanizer that you know kind of, you know, kind of embarrasses Maka at every chance he gets. 
I love Death Side. I, uh, you know, I auditioned for several different roles in that show, and um, and then um, I was I was cast as Death Side, and I thought, you know, I wonder, um, you know, I wonder what this character is like, and because I didn't even really know anything about it, and uh, I was I was really surprised how much I really enjoyed him. I, I just love the character. He's so funny, and he's so strange, and I feel so bad for him. You know what I mean? Oh, I definitely. I feel bad for him because he's, you know, he, it seems like he used to be, like he used to be really cool and really hip and really good with the ladies. And then something happened and the poor guy just, you know, just uh, can't quite get a break. Uh, God, it's, it's, he's like the Rodney Dangerfield of Soul Eater. <laughs> no exactly. at all. And his poor daughter doesn't give him a break either. And that's the one person you expect to give him a break. Right. I, I think the best the best clip from uh, from Death Scythe, three words, little baby bloomers. <laughs> you know, I get a lot of people asking me at conventions to uh, to say that. And you know what's funny is I just heard I just heard you play that in the clip, and I didn't even remember how I performed the line until I heard you play it just now. Okay, good, good. So if you do get you know asked that. You know, Otakon. You can go. Uh, how did it sound? Oh, that's right. Dennis played it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesomeness. Okay. BlogTalkRadio.com. This is the Dennis Daniel Show. We've got voice actor and composer Vic Mignana on the air. Vic Mignana in concert now available on DVD from RisenbullRangers.com. So uh, of course, um, another show that you're you're really known for, or that you've played the lead for, and I I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I hear it, it's it's really weird. It's Level E. <laughs> and, and it must be so weird because they skipped the first four letters of the alphabet when naming this. I tell you what, it is weird and it's fun. Uh, so you play uh, Prince Baka Kiel Dogra, and uh, so tell us what is the show like and what's it like voicing him? Because I've seen the, the Funimation trailer and their tagline is "Earth is about to get punked." So <laughs> you know what? All I can tell you about this show is. I've never had this much fun with a show. I have not had this much fun since uh, since Oran High School Host Club. Um, I really enjoyed playing Tomaki, and uh, and it, it it playing Prince Baca was actually the most fun I had since playing Tomaki. He is just all over the place. He is a he's an actor's dream. He's a voice actor's dream because the director basically gave me carte blanche to do anything I wanted. I could I could do do the lines any way I wanted. Um I could change my voice, I could be weird, I could be funny, I could be uh dark, I could be uh I mean anything. Anything that came to mind. I could impersonate Yoda. I could impersonate Captain Kirk. I could impersonate uh Krusty the Clown. I could I mean I could go anywhere I wanted to. Uh, and uh, Prince Baca, man, I like to buy him a drink. Well, you should watch that show, Dennis. You'd love it. Well, hopefully it will come to uh, Netflix real soon. And speaking of Netflix, great transition. Uh, Netflix has actually just released the uh, final uh, two parts of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and the Full Metal Alchemist movie, The Star of Milos. And of course, you play, you reprise your iconic role of Edward Elric in both. So, um,. What was it like, you know, we talked about Brotherhood a little bit during our interview in 2010, and, and now that it's over, and, and before, I just want to say, I was actually much more satisfied with the Brotherhood ending than the original ending. Well, the original ending wasn't really an ending at all, if you think about it. Yeah, but then you see, then you see the Conqueror of Shambhala, and that's like a, that's like, like, like and, and, and by the way, spoiler alert, Edward and Alphonse are together again, but they're separated from from the world that they they know and love, and they're 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 in a modern time now, you know, adjusting. And I'm like, you know what? I got to tell you something, Dennis. I really enjoyed Conquer of Shambhala. Oh, oh, oh! Don't get me wrong. I love that. That was a, a fantastic movie. I I bought the collector's edition of that because that was. I'm such just an saying. Amazing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know a lot of people really enjoyed Sacred Star of Milos, the the Brotherhood movie, and yeah, it was a great movie. But I, there was something that I really enjoyed about uh, about Conquer of Shambhala. 
yeah, I just I can't seem to put my 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 finger on it, but it just I just think you know you know it was set around uh, you know pre World War II Germany, and this was when you know Hitler was still you know gaining power and and authority throughout the uh, throughout the um, throughout the uh, the um, side of Germany, and uh, you know Edward is is you know in in the caught in the middle of this, and that's it's really cool. That you know, you got to you get first off. Edward in that is is just awesome. I mean, who doesn't love that 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 brown jacket and and that and that? Uh, oh, that, I know. That, you know what? You know what, Dennis? I think you just hit on it. I think you just hit on it. Um, I think it was the historical setting. Seeing Ed and Al, who are from a completely different dimension, you know, and time and place, and seeing them in the midst of a historical period in Earth's history, I. I really liked that a lot. I think that's that may be what it was that I liked so much about Shambhala. Yeah, it was a really it was a really cool movie because you know it, it's just it was like with Italia. You, you, you even got a small small history lesson about World War II and how Hitler was slowly yeah. building his uh, his rise to power. The only, yeah. The only downside was that Edward didn't team with the guys from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> That 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 would that would have been funny seeing Ben. Hogan, Hogan, Elric, Elric. No escape from Stella Thirteen. Uh, <laughs> I miss Richard Dawson. But um, anyway, uh, so what was it like working on the star of Milos? And um, what did you, what was it? And um, you know, and what was it like? You know, getting ready to wrap up Brotherhood, which you know, again, one of those anime that just. Knocked it right out of the park, out of the water, home run. It's out of there. Ah. So, so what was it like working on on you know, on the conclusion to the Star of Milos and um, or, or the conclusion to Brotherhood and working on the Star of Milos? Well, um, the 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 full title is the Sacred Star of Milos. Um, I want to clarify that so that. Nobody out there gets mad at us for saying the title wrong. <laughs> Hang on. Look, if, if Netflix screwed that up, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, it's the sacred star of Milos. And uh, and I really, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the movie, although at the same time it was rather bittersweet because I knew that uh, Full Metal Alchemist was coming to an end for me. And after all the years of getting to play that character in the first series and then the video games and the OVAs and Conquer Shambhala and then all of Brotherhood and the OVAs and you know um, and then Sacred Star of Milos was gonna was probably gonna be you know the end of uh, a Full Metal Alchemist um, you know that that so it was rather bittersweet I really enjoyed it but at the same time it was you know it was sad knowing that there probably wasn't gonna be any more yeah makes you wanna shed the tears yes uh, tears. It does. Oh gosh, but you know what? You know, Brotherhood. You know, when I saw that ending, I was like, "Yes, that is how the show has to end." And yeah, it, it was. It was. Just, you know, they're both back together. They're getting ready to start a brand new adventure. You know, everyone. Everyone's happy. Well, except for everyone that died, who probably aren't very <laughs> are very happy. Yeah, but you know. And that was really cool. That that right there, the curtain call, that was just, it was beautiful. And when I saw that, I just, I had to stand up and applaud. It was just, it was beautiful, man. Well, you know, you know, Brotherhood was based on the, uh, on the manga. Yeah. And uh, and when Arakawa finished the manga, um, I mean, you know, she she, when they decided to base Brotherhood on the manga. Uh, Arakawa knew that that she was, you know, that she was going to be, you know, writing an actual conclusion and bringing the manga to a, an actual, legitimate ending, and uh, and she did a wonderful job doing that. Absolutely, did a wonderful oh, job. Oh, beautiful, be- beautiful, man. Just tear in the eye, man. That was beautiful. And and of course, now that Netflix has uploaded the rest of Brotherhood, you can watch all four parts. That's that's a ton. I mean, you've got the original Full Metal Alchemist, you've got Brotherhood, and the Sacred Star of Milo. So you've got tons of FMA to watch over and over and over. And oh over. yeah, if you that ever... is a that is a Full Metal marathon right there. Oh, and for those who have never seen it, now's your chance. For those that want to relive the awesomeness that was Edward Elric and the constant short, short jokes, now you can relive it. 
<laughs> oh gosh, you know, I actually, I actually wrote a list of um of my uh, favorite Ed- Edward Elric is so short jokes, but I'm gonna put those to the side. <laughs> Look, I, I remember at, at a panel at Oticon, uh, <laughs> one fan asked you how short was Edward Elric, and I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I, I get up and I shout, Edward Elric is so short you can see his feet on a state alchemy license. <laughs> and then and then you go, shut up, security. Get that guy. Yes. Now, are you going to be at uh, Otacon this year? Yes, we are proud to announce that Otacon is partnering up with the Altis Explosion once again to bring you coverage of the fantastic three-day weekend and interviews with some of your favorite voice actors in what we call the Otaconathon 2013. Oh, cool. So, yes, we are going to be there, and of course, you're going to be there, which, you know, this is your first This is your first Otacon in, 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 in what, uh Three years, actually. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah well, well, hey, hey, you're you're a, you're a very high in demand uh, con guest, my friend. So of course, I understand that all these other cons would want you. Like, you just went to one in Guam. I'm like, yeah, I did. It was uh, it was a nice long trip over there, but uh, it was a wonderful event. It was called Anime Recon, and uh, and they they had a great turnout and. Uh, we had a wonderful time over there with the anime fans in Guam. Well, it's, it, of course, it sounds like a whole bunch of fun, and I and I, I assume that there are a whole bunch of YouTube videos of you over there, and uh, maybe even one of you uh, sucking some helium and saying headlines and funny voices. <laughs> I just saw that today. That is that is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen that you do. That was a long time ago. Uh, wow, that was at a convention in Alaska with Colleen Clinkenbeard. <laughs> Yes, so of course, um, Otakon. You know, I've been to uh, several Otakon myself. So, and of course, you've you've done several yourself. So, what can we expect from Vic Mignogna at Otakon 2000? And, what? Okay, let me try that again. So, what can we expect from Vic Mignogna at Otakon 2013? Well, uh, I, you know, I don't have any uh, secret special surprises except to say that. Uh, I'm very, very excited to be seeing the fans in the Baltimore area again. Otakon is is definitely one of my favorite events to attend, so I'm looking forward to being back there um, again. I am looking forward to to sharing the live concert DVD uh, there, which I obviously I didn't have the last time I was there. And um, let's see, what else? Uh, well, you know what? I am also... Excited that that uh, I um I'm going to be sharing uh, the new the first episode of Star Trek Continues. Yeah, yes, we got to talk about that. We talked yeah, about we do. We yeah, talked we about do. that a little bit last week with Todd Habercorn, who plays Spock, and I, I promised that I would make fun of your character, Captain Cook. <laughs> so, the needs of the mini outweigh the needs of the Vic. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But um, of course, um, you play uh, Captain James Tiberius Kirk in Star Trek Continues, the fan-made promotion video by you. So tell us, what's it like, you know, playing Captain Kirk? You know, a guy who has who has resonated in science fiction uh, pop culture for for very, many many decades, and uh, now you're doing this. Now you're uh, doing this role where you're playing the infamous captain, and uh, what's what do we need to know about Star Trek Continues? Well, <clears throat> what I can tell you is that uh, it is a childhood dream come true for me. Um, I I uh, ever since I was a little boy, I loved the original series of Star Trek and. Hoped there would be an opportunity. Didn't ever imagine that there would be some opportunity where I would ever get to play that that character. And uh, and so a couple of years ago, I directed an episode for another fan group called Starship Farragut. They uh, they have their own web series, Starship Farragut, and they asked me to direct an episode for them, and I did. And we really hit it off and became good friends, and we decided that we were going to partner up and uh and we acquired a nice big building in Jacksonville, Florida where we rebuilt all of the original uh the original Star Trek series sets. Uh we built them in exactly the same uh shape 
and orientation and, and floor layout, uh, floor plan as the original soundstage. And then in January, uh, this past January, we, uh, we got together and we shot our first premiere episode called Pilgrim of Eternity. And um, uh, we, we premiered it at Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, a couple of months ago, and then it went online, and it's been doing extremely well, getting a lot of attention, and uh, I think I can safely say that it is without question the most accurate and authentic recreation and continuation of the original series of Star Trek that anyone has ever done. Well, well, if you're in it, I have to, I have to agree, Vic. It does sound like a, like a, like a great thing, and of course you. Uh, you play Kirk and Todd Habercorn play Spock, and I gotta tell you, Spock looks. Ooh, he looks pretty good for for Spock. I, I was, well, yeah, yeah, he does. A, he, he's a, Todd is a little. Todd is a rather young Spock, but he is a, a great actor, and he does a great job with the character. And then when you add on top of that, the fact that the original actor who played Scotty is named James Dewan, and his son Chris. Doing is playing his father's role. Awesome. And uh, when you add to that the fact that um, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters is playing Sulu. Oh my. And uh, when you add to that the fact that we have a guest star from the original series reprising the same character that he played in an original series episode 40 years ago, um, there are a lot of great surprises. Marina Sirtis who played Counselor Troy in Next Generation. Uh, she is the voice of our computer. Wow. Um, we have a lot of great surprises, and uh, and I would love to encourage your listeners to check it out. Oh, gosh. So who who have you got playing the, uh, the Dr. Bones? Uh, a gentleman named Larry Nemechek, who is well-known in the Star Trek community, uh, is playing Dr. McCoy. I just, I, just had a, I just had a really weird mental thought in my head going, going damn it, Ed. I'm a white boy from Norway, not a mechanic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got. I promised Todd I'd bust your chops about about all the, or I'd bust your dilithium crystals about all these uh, Star Wars puns. Oh no, that's absolutely fine. So, that's so, fine. so, so you, you even do the space, the final frontier. Absolutely. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Our, our five-year mission to seek out new life on other planets. To boldly go where no man or manana has gone before. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done busting the busting the Star Trek chops. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, but Don't it, worry. It does sound like it's incredible, and we will be more than happy to plug this on our website at alltasteexplosion.com. And please do. www.startrekcontinues.com. Oh, this because this sounds like like I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but it sounds like something I should be getting into. Because well, I think you would really enjoy it regardless because of the people that you'll see and the very fact that we have completely and in every way um, recreated uh, and nailed the, the look and the sound and the feel of the original series. So how many red shirts have died so far? Well, you'll have to watch the episode to answer that question. Uh, I'd be a red shirt probably. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, of course, uh, anyway, uh, getting back to uh, to Otakon, um, one thing that I looked really forward to back in uh, 2007 was, of course, your uh, your morning mass services. Uh, will you be doing that again this year at Otakon? Um, you know what? I don't know. Um, I don't know whether or not they've scheduled one for me or not. I uh, I hope so. I think you should because Vic, that's that's truly one of the of the coolest things that that you you do at conventions. Uh, for those who don't know, Vic is of course a very devout Christian, like yours truly, and he at conventions he likes to do Sunday morning services because when you're at a convention, there's not really a lot of church at a convention unless you see a Wolfwood cosplayer walking around with a giant cross. And that one's for that one's for Johnny Bosch. But um, of course, you know, you you get to to share, you know, not only the the brotherhood of Full Metal Alchemist, but the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And right there, right right there, that's an, an incredible incredible combination. So not only do you get to you know talk with 
possibly one of the coolest voice actors to ever come down the pipe, you get to talk about, you know, God, which, you know, in, in today's day and age, with all this, all this, all this chaos going on, it, it's really, really, you know, essential to have, have, have faith. And well, some, you know what, you know what, Dennis, I really, really appreciate you, uh, your kind words about the, uh, about the services that I have at conventions. And I want you to know, and I want your listeners to know, um, it is never my desire to cram religion or to cram my beliefs down anybody's throat. My only desire is to share God's love with people as best I can because I know if I know anything, I know that God loves everyone as much as I know he loves me and he wants me to share his love and spread his love and uh, I am so grateful for the conventions that allow me to do that. You know, there are plenty of conventions out there that don't allow me that don't let me do it. I mean, they they basically don't want to take a chance on offending anybody or they don't want to deal with the possible, you know, repercussions of somebody being angry that they that they allow the service. It's kind of funny because they have no problem scheduling hentai panels, oh, but they oh, seem no. to but they seem to somehow think that it's so, you know, dangerous to have a a panel uh discussing God and faith, which is funny because Nobody is forced to go to the panel. It's, it's you know you can you can you know it's it's free and voluntary to either attend or not attend if you choose. But I'm very very grateful for the conventions that schedule those for me because I love doing them and and uh, I know that I've done them at Otakon in the past, but I don't know I haven't seen the schedule yet, so I don't know if they've scheduled one for me this year or not. I hope so though. Well, I hope so too, Vic, because that is uh, it's a really great panel. You know, a lot of people don't like getting up at 9 a.m. on a Sunday at a convention, but if if there is one reason to go, it's to, you know, you know, you know, to, to, if, if you are a Christian and, and like anime and like going to conventions, you know, this is one panel you should definitely check out because it's an open forum panel. You 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 talk about, I mean, you read from the Bible, you let people share their stories, and that's really, you know, a really cool thing that you get to, you know, do this, especially when Christianity has just taken so many hits in the last couple of months, especially with our good friends at the Westboro Baptist Group. Who, and, and by the way, I don't want to get I don't want to get political on anyone's butts, but those guys are idiots. Yeah, they are. And you know what? People have written me a few times and asked me, "What do you think of the Westboro Baptist Group?" And I told them, to be honest with you, I don't know anything about them. And uh, and they wrote me back and told me something something about them and I can I can tell you without even knowing them that it does not sound like they represent the God of the Bible. Um, it does In my opinion, anyone that spreads that kind of of hatred and spews that kind of condemnation and judgmentalism is asking for some serious trouble because. Uh, that that does not represent uh, God's love and God's desire for relationship with people. They make Brother Micah Armstrong like the uh, Reverend Billy Graham. So, well, I'm very I'm very sad to hear that. Well, it's just it's it's just so stupid. These guys pick it. They pick it dead soldiers' funerals, any kind of funerals, and then they have the tenacity on Twitter to send tweets that God sends all these terrible things like a. Uh, uh, the recent mall, the recent uh, mall shootings. They say God sent the sniper to to shoot them, and they and they praise that. I'm like, what? I mean, I, I want to get I want to get one of their members on the show, and I want to introduce him to my reverend, Reverend Michael Cornelius, who is an educated minister. I want to see these two go at it, and I want to see Brother Mike make these guys look like the obnoxious, loudmouth disrespectful jackasses that America knows them as. Well, you know what? I would love to go head to head with them myself. So let's you know what? Let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and throw out the challenge. If any of you uh any of you monkeys from the Springboro Baptist Church are listening to this program, we got a guy here that would like to throw his hat in the ring and call you out on all your hypocritical BS. And I will be more than happy to moderate that. You know, I would just, you know what, here's, here's all I would say to them. Here's what I would say to them. God teaches very, very clearly in the scripture that the single great commission 
as it is called, is to is to is to spread God's love and share God's love and grace and forgiveness with people and to to let people know of God's tremendous love for them and his desire for relationship with them. And my question to them would simply be if that is God's great commission, if that is what God asks us to do, first and foremost, if that is the primary goal of the Christian here on earth and it is clearly from the scripture, how do they think what they are doing is accomplishing that? How do they think condemning and spreading hatred and judgmentalism and bigotry and hypocritical uh, behavior, how do they think that draws anyone into wanting to have a relationship with God? Exactly. Right there. I mean, right there. You by this, you know, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. You know, um, there are so many scripture passages where God makes it very clear that the best way to show people that you're a child of God is by loving, extending love and grace and kindness to people. And I cannot for the life of me imagine how they think they're doing that. You know, I would just love it if you and my grandpa just sat in the same room talking about God because he is a very devout Christian as well. It would just it would be it would be just incredible watching you two just, you know, talk about talk about God. I mean, I, I just, just because, you know, he's a he you know, he's you know, he's all he's just so cool. Well, anyway, um unfortunately we got to cut this up short, but um just a few more a few more things. Um are there any new shows or projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Well, um I did play the lead in the new Pokemon movie. Ooh, that's right. Uh, that's uh, um, Kyurem. Kyurem in the second uh, sword. Yeah, Kel- Keldeo. Oh, Kel- 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 Keldeo. Keldeo. Yeah, Kyurem Kier- yeah, is, is one of the characters, but I play Keldeo. Uh, and um, I just... Uh, I, I, I'm playing a couple of roles in a couple of other shows uh, currently that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. I did play characters in, in a couple of shows called... One's called Nura... Another show is called um, uh, Lagrange. Um, I uh, I did some voice work for a, a new up a new ver- an upcoming release of a of a very popular um, video game I can't talk about yet. And uh, of course, we're still continuing um, uh, Naruto and Bleach. Uh, there's a dude a new Digimon series coming out. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't and, go wrong uh, with Digimon there. You can't go wrong and, with that show. And then in addition to all of that, of course, there's we're working on our next Star Trek episode. And uh and uh all of the convention appearances coming up and yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. If you get William Shatner to say that your show is incredible, I think you know what? Game over right there, game over. Everyone's gotta tune into Star Trek continues. If you get Shatner to say you're awesome, well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the right time uh, to let Mr. Shatner know about what we're doing, and, um, but, but at the same time, um, those of you out there, if you have not yet seen it, please check it out, and not only that, but let your friends and family that you know enjoy Star Trek check it out. I know that everybody's got an uncle or a dad or a grandpa or a neighbor or a school professor or somebody who um you know who uh who loves Star Trek. So let them know about Star Trek Continues dot com. They can see the episode on uh, Vimeo or YouTube. Uh and you can go to Star Trek Continues dot com. We have uh official Star Trek Continues uh on Facebook. So follow us there and uh and check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, Vic. Well, before we let you go, um, we've been asked uh, if you would address the Risen Bull Rangers because we know that they have been flooding into the stream. They they want to hear you talk to them. If you if you have anything to say to your army of five thousand followers on Facebook, if you have anything you want to say to them, now is your chance to say it. So, what do you have to say to the Risen Bull Rangers? Well, I've always got something to say to the Risen Bull Rangers, and you know what? There may be five thousand on Facebook. 
but the Risenbull Rangers have a membership of 23,000, and I love every single one of them. I want you Rangers to know that you are the coolest, most awesome people on the planet, that I am so very, very humbled and grateful that you're a part of the Rangers. Um, you are very special and very loved, and one of my favorite things about any convention I go to is getting the chance to meet rangers in that in that area. Um, if you let me know you're a ranger, anytime you identify yourself as a ranger, I come around the table and give you an extra special hug of of love because I am so grateful and and happy to meet rangers wherever I can. So thanks for being a part of the gang. Thanks for being a, for being a, an awesome member of this great club. And I will look forward to seeing you hopefully very soon at a convention. Yes. Guys, check out Vic Mignogna at Otakon. It is going to be the biggest party of the summer because Otakon is hitting its 20th anniversary August 9th through 11th at the Baltimore Convention Center in Baltimore, Maryland. Check out RisenBullRangers.com and order the all-new Vic Mignogna in concert. Special awesome DVD, awesome concert, the Full Metal Fantasy short film, Vic's first appearance on Star Search in 1993, 20 years of awesomeness. They've also got an advanced alchemy cookbook, which you know, I, I which which you can take some fantastically delicious treats. <laughs> and uh, check out check out Full Metal Alchemist seasons one and two on Netflix. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Full Metal Alchemist: The Sacred Star of Milos. Right there, you already got like a hundred thousand in, in, in views on Netflix. Check out Level E, which is available for purchase on Amazon.com from Funimation. And Vic. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, you are always a treat to have, and we're going to have to have you back on, hopefully, within a, another three-year period. Let's not make it three years. Let's maybe make it a year or so. Well, my pleasure, Dennis. Thanks for having me. I'll look forward to seeing you at Otakon, and I'll look forward to seeing all of your, uh, your listeners out there very soon. And until we see you guys down the road, this is the Dennis Daniel Show saying, from the bottom of my heart, Edward is a short jerk. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>